Um, I, I, I've been thinking about, I'd, I'd thought about this for a while before we, uh, I started into this series of um, God with us. Um, and it, it, it's interesting, some of the things that come to mind when, uh, when thinking about God with us. I, I started thinking about, <clears throat> have you ever seen the, the TV show Deadliest Catch? Come on. I know you guys are guilty. Come on. Um, used to watch it a lot, and and it's, it, it, you know the show. It's, it's, it's a bunch of crazy guys and, and some gals that, that are going up into the Bering Strait to fish for crab. And, and I, I'd thought about going fishing. I, I thought about doing that sometime. But, but the thing is, is you just, you, you just you watch the show, and you're like, no, I think I'm okay. <laughs> Um, and and the fact that it's 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 kind of like it's kind of like a train wreck or or like like people people watch NASCAR right and 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 they they say it's for watching the cars go around and around and all that but but really you know you're kind of like uh, it, are they going to crash you know there's a little bit of that it's like uh, you can't quite turn away and these guys are are out and, and there's you know thirty forty foot waves and 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 snow. In the ocean, holy cow! I, it just the air, the the margin for error for them is so high. The thought that that they could go overboard with one of those cages—I mean, there's just—it's just—it's terrifying. Some of the things that can happen to these guys. The work is relentless. It's just constant. They're they're either you know feast or famine. They're they're either just working hard. 24-7, and then suddenly they're just resting because they're between strings of, uh, of crab. Um, they, the weather, the weather up there has got to be unbelievable. If you don't do well on, on oceans, Kelly, um, not picking on anybody or pointing fingers, um, that is not the job for you. It's not the job for me, but I've been transfixed by watching these guys. It, it, it's amazing. There's this... There's this one episode that really, I mean, I, my gut was just churning. I'm, I'm like standing watching this thing because I'm, I was so into it and so like worked up about it. You may have seen this. There, were, there was a particular boat that was trying to make its way into a, um, uh, a particular cove um, where they would drop off um, at one of the fisheries or the crabberies or one of the places where they drop them off. Anyway, trying to make it in before the ice stopped up the... Anybody remember this one? Yeah, I see. I got some nodding. And they have a boat that does not have the double hole, right? They have this single hole, and they're going in there, and you can see them go down into the bottom of the boat, and it's like... (laughs) Along the side of the boat, and I'm just like... "Ah!" I'd be just like, Jesus, come now, please. (laughs) Because... I mean, I'm thinking like Titanic. I'm thinking like that water's so cold, there's... It'd just be like, sploosh, ah, man. I mean, (laughs) that quickly, um, you'd be before the Lord. But they're trying to get into this harbor, and they're going just, the ice comes in, it blocks them, they're (laughs) their way through. Anybody watch something like that? Or you're just so into it, you're just like up in front of the TV, like, come on. Any sports fans in here? Okay, so anybody yell at the TV? Come on, come on, be honest. There we go. This is the kind of thing I'm doing. I'm watching this going, guys, you got to make it. Come on, you're going to make it. And of course they make it, but I mean, because they have the video. 
Just saying. Um, otherwise, it would have just been a news show, but um, that would have been like, well, a particular boat went down. But that whole show was them going into this harbor. It was nail-biting. It was this... The look on the face of the captain was palpable. I can't even say that word. But, it, but it, it, this, this guy was always making jokes, always doing, you know, they were doing fireworks off of the, the ship at one point. Just, just nuts. But seeing him, that seriousness just came across his face, white as a sheet, just like, we're going to make it, guys. <laughs> yeah, I believe you. <laughs> um, and there was so much ice out there, you almost looked like you could get out onto the ice and just walk in. And that storm was crazy. The fact that the this, this snow and ice would form on the cables and on the top of the boat, and they had to go and knock it off with these sledgehammers, or the boat could flip because of so much weight on it. I'm not sure that I would be a good fisherman in that kind of situation. That would not be a small group, Dennis. Dennis, that would not be a small group. No, no. That would be terrifying. I, I know this is, um, this is a bit, bit odd to talk about when we're talking about God with us. I'm sure that there's a few moments in, in those guys' lives during this time in that they're like, Jesus, be right here. God, be with us. <laughs> because it, it had to have been terrifying. But I think about those kind of storms, the Bering Strait kind of storms, those big squalls, when I think about the storm that Jesus calmed miraculously. Those are the kind of, of storms. And I, I know it's a bit overkill. It's, you know, in, in Jesus' day and in the Sea of Galilee, there probably wasn't you know, ice forming on the ship and there wasn't icebergs around and they probably weren't 30, 40 foot waves. But if you've seen any pictures of boats that they, they show from that, that time period, that, that this is what their boats look like, I'm sure any kind of wind probably felt a little bit like one of those storms. And I can imagine how terrifying it would have been for those men. How they would have felt um, in, in Mark 4, uh, 35 through 39, it says, On that day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, um, some verses say squall, um, and, and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, up in the front, um, back, um, asleep on a cushion. And they awoke him and said, teacher, do you, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was great calm. Can you imagine if Jesus was with the guys in that crab boat that I was talking about? The ice crackling along. Um, and he's just in his bunk, sleeping away. Just I'm, I'm not trying to say Jesus snores, because, but, but just that idea of just, he's just, I don't know and they wake him and tell him that going down and he gets up and the storm instantly passes and the ice is instantly gone. The relief that the other men 
would have had would, would have been complete. The boat ride into the harbor would, have, would probably have been absolutely silent or perhaps filled with praise. One or the other. Number one, Jesus is with us in the storm of life. When we face into whatever storm is in our life, it should be our comfort that we do not face it alone. It should be our comfort that we we don't face this by ourselves. In fact, Jesus is probably sleeping through it. Because it's not that big of a deal to him. With the ease at which he can calm that storm in your life, He's not sleeping through it because he is neglecting us. He is sleeping because he trusts that, uh, that much more in the Father God, as we should as well. Jesus shows his trust of God and his authority and command of the natural. As they get to the other side, they step uh, right into another situation. That will go on to express the authority of Jesus even more. But this is, a, this is showing the authority of Jesus of the natural world, right? Where he could just calm down and, and the storm just stops. On the shore, we find a man possessed living amongst a, a, a cemetery. And again, Jesus commands the situation. Isn't it great when Jesus takes command of situations in our lives? Isn't it great when Jesus takes command of situations in our lives? When he takes command of the storms in our life? We may not always feel like that. There are times where we may not be necessarily saying amen. We might be trying to wake up Jesus. I'm perishing. This hurts. This is hard. We may not we may not always feel like that, but sometimes our tree is shaken and our world changes or pigs die. Let's read on. Mark 5, 8 through 12 says, For he was saying to him, um, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked, and this is the, the man that had the, the, the legion in him. He says, come out. Um, uh, and Jesus asked him, he says, what is your name? He replied, wow. My name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send him out of the country. Now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they, um, they begged him, saying, Send us into the pigs, let us enter them. Jesus gives them permission, gives legion permission to go into the pigs. And we see this enormous herd rush into the water and to its death. And this goes to show that Jesus has the command over the spiritual realm. He has the authority over the spiritual realm to even say, Yeah, go into those pigs. I'm casting you out, but you know what? Yeah, you can go into those pigs. And I've, I've heard it, you know, people have said that this is pretty much, it's pretty harsh because that's a lot of bacon that was wasted. Come on, it's Christmas time. 
You have to remember that prior to Peter having a dream to eat whatever, pigs were considered unclean. Bacon was not yet the candy of meats. The thing is, is this herd was not in the right place either. Because if you think about where they are, this herd, um, Jews were probably selling these pigs to other people. They were raising pigs in, in land that was, that was part, of, uh, part of the kingdom, part of uh, where Jewish people were living. So Jesus um, was well within his rights to remove a bit of this sin and separation from the people of God in sending legion into these pigs and them thus into um, the Sea of Galilee. Emmanuel, God with us, is about cleansing us from all unrighteousness. He's moving us in the midst of the storms of life. And often in our own storms of sin, our own storms of fears, and one of the worst storms that you could have, the storms of failure, shame. These are storms that, that Jesus can command like that. He can diminish those storms. He can bring about calm in that, in our sins, in our fears, in our failures, in our shame. He can calm those storms. Second point is Jesus is with us in our personal storm. Mark 4, uh, 40 through 41 said, He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Jesus challenges he challenges his disciples in the fear that was holding them back from belief. He's, just not, he's not just picking on them like, well, you have little faith, you know. He, he's challenging them in an area of fear that he feels like has already been addressed in them. How many feel like you kind of come back to the same fears and the same failures repeatedly? Sometimes it's good for Jesus to come to us and say, come on, we've done this. To remind us of what he's already done in us. Because that fear is going to hold us back. Those failures are going to hold us back. And not because we have them in our life, but because the enemy loves bringing those up and going, you, you, you're a Christian? But, but this thing that you did, you remember that? Does Jesus do that to us? No. There is no condemnation, right? There is conviction. There is conviction of sin. The Holy Spirit comes into our life and there is a conviction of those things that, that weigh us down, those things that are our that are, are, are addictions, those things that are our Faults are failings, but they're not about condemnation. Condemnation is what the enemy does to us. You struggle with this. 
How can you even say that you're a Christian? You struggle with this. You, you have this addiction. How can you even walk into a church? You've heard people say, oh, if I go in the church, the, the whole thing's going to fall down on me. No. We've only seen that in Scripture. The only time I saw something falling down on people is because everybody in there were sinners except for one man who pulled those pillars apart. That was not a church. This is the place where we come to heal. This is the place we come that he can say, calm, be still, and our storms will cease. But we got to come. We've got to ask. We've got to nudge Jesus and go, hey, hey, I'm fearful here. And he's going to say, I got this. His purpose, his purpose would be uh, meted out in us one way or another, and that, that is something to trust, this, this purpose that he has. He's, he's challenging us to step up to the purposes that he has for us. Isaiah 43, 1 through 2 says, uh, But now thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you, I have called you by name, you are mine. Let me say that one more time. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. We see right in there that one phrase. We just get this whole little, little shaking up of some theology. Old Testament, New Testament, kind of all just, I mean, all of it's real um, Old Testament brought into the New Testament. But you've got when you pass through the waters. When did they pass through the waters? Let's see. They passed through the waters. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. God was with them, wasn't he? How was he with them? By day and by night, a cloud, a column of fire. I will be with you through the rivers, and they shall not overwhelm you. When did they go through the rivers? Okay, I've got a few people. Jordan, okay. And they passed through. The first time, when Moses lifted up his staff, they parted, and people could go in. The second time, what happened? They had to step first, right? And then the waters parted. But the promise was still there. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. When, when did that happen? <laughs> Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, and the fourth person that was in the fire with them. It's called a Christophany. These Old Testament examples of Jesus in the Old Testament. It's Christophany. They were dancing around in the fire. They were not burned. Other people came near to that and they were consumed instantly, right? But there's a whole lot of theology that just gets thrown right in here. All to say that he has promised that he will be there for us. He will be there in our storms. 
You have to know that his purpose is is to take you home, and there's nothing that will stop that from happening. We're just here for a little while until he does. That is the promise that we have. He's going to come, and he's going to take us home, and nothing can stop that from happening. If God chooses to spend you in some way for his glory, it will happen, and it will be an honor to be used that way. I've told you this before. It's God's economy. You are God's economy. So if he chooses to spend you like his coinage, however he chooses to spend you, you guys recognize that there is a spiritual gift of martyrdom, right? It's kind of low on a lot of our, on a lot of our gift assessments. It's probably not the top one, um, but there are some people. You saw the young man that went to this island that, that nobody's been to, that, that they're violent. They're, um, you know, and, and the news is doing a big disservice to the guy. They've been saying he's just an idiot Christian that's going out there and making it really hard for these people, but he spent three years preparing to go. Yes, he was killed. That's martyrdom, right? So do we get a promise that, that we'll be okay until he takes us home? Do we get a promise that we're not going to have trials or, or pain or, or wrestling or struggle? Do we have that kind of promise? Do we have that kind of promise? He's going to be with us. That is the promise that we have. He can calm our storm. Is he always going to do that, though? And sometimes we may not ask him to because we want to stay in the midst of that storm. And maybe we're that, that eye in the calm in the middle of that storm because maybe we're that one person in that situation that is calming to the whole of that storm because it may be somebody else's storm that we're standing in and they have the ability to, to grab a hold of us and go, why? Why are you able to stand in the storm and I'm not? I just got to bring her up with me. <laughs> I love you, Vicky. It's so true. Until we are spent, though, nothing can stop us from accomplishing what he has set our feet to unless he allows it or we step out of his will. Do you hear that? Nothing can stop us from accomplishing what he has set our feet to unless he wills it or we step out of his will. We don't want to do that. We don't want to step out of his will. Number three, Jesus is with us as our rescue. What we face is life. Good, bad, struggle, blessing. His will is perfect, and our lives, our life is complete because of that. But it's life. We got a little guy, a little man, and he's just, he's not doing well. He's drooling and teething and screaming at many decibels. <laughs> I could barely hear the music this morning, just saying. But I wouldn't trade it. 
I might be a little more tired at times, or I might, I might be a little more short at times, but these are opportunities for us to be able to lean into that eye of the storm, which is Jesus. To lean in on Jesus because he is with us in life. And life is messy. I said, life is messy. Anybody else got that? Anybody? Come on. If life is really, really good for you and it's just been just awesome and, and there's, there's no wrestle, God bless you. God bless you. Or what is it? The, what is that? South? Uh, bless your little heart. <laughs> but that's okay because it, it does say in the word, you know, rain will fall on the... Uh, I know you guys are here. <laughs> But that, that rain, I, I always thought it was funny because a lot of people are like, oh, rain. So, so the, the just are the ones that, that um, when it, they don't get rain, it's okay, right? Actually, I think we got this a little reversed. I think that actually the, in, in Scripture, it's very agrarian. And I think it was actually a blessing to have rain. Yeah. And not to have rain was not a blessing. But that rain will fall on on the just and the unjust. And that's the thing about life. It's okay. Things will happen in our life, and that's life. You know, I, I, my daughter, every so often, is, brings up this, this one phrase that a lot of kids will finally get to at some point, and they'll just get there, and they'll say it, and it just... just <laughs> Life is just not fair. <laughs> and then we'll say it again and again for the rest of our lives. But um, we start as kids saying, it's just not fair. Have you had things in your life recently? Feels like it's just not fair. Maybe you have joints or knees or back or something that's not working like it used to. It's just not fair. It's life. But the promise of him being with us, God with us, it's more than fair. It's grace. It is unmerited favor that goes far beyond the rain that could come. It goes far beyond the blessings that could fall. It's to know that Jesus is with us, will be with us. We'll be with our friends and our family. We'll be with those that confess Jesus as Lord. We'll be with those that... that cry out in the midst of a storm, I can't handle this anymore. Why are you sleeping? <laughs> That's our perception, but Jesus isn't sleeping. He knows. He knows the storm that you have, and he knows how much he is needed, but we need to get to that place where we recognize we need him. Why don't you set your things aside? God with us in the storm.
Why don't we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you that, that you sent Jesus to be born into this world. That you sent Jesus to live a life here, to live a life as an example, but also to show that you're physically with us. You're spiritually with us. And to understand that that is the promise that that we can lean on no matter what. You have a purpose for us. You have a direction for us. But ultimately, you are with us and you will take us home one day. We praise you, Father God. Now, maybe there's somebody in the room that that hasn't made that decision for Christ. Maybe maybe you haven't um, cried out to him. Maybe you haven't said, hey, I I can't handle this storm alone. I need you. And if that's you, I want to give you an opportunity. If you just want to raise your hand, make eye contact with me. We can pray together. So just raise your hand, eye contact, and we'll pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, sister. Anyone else? Let's pray this together. Dear Jesus, I'm done with the storm. I need you. I know I need you. And I'm crying out for you. Come and be the Lord of my life. I praise you. I thank you that even in the storm, I can lean on you. In Jesus' precious name. And everyone said, Amen. Well, God bless you. Merry Christmas. You. Merry Christmas. You. Merry Christmas. You. Merry Christmas.